0: tonight I want you to be opening your Bibles as we as you all know we are in the meeting and we are um, uh, in a series a series is series, the series of the unjust steward the unjust steward I want you to be turning your Bibles to the book of Luke Gospel of Luke chapter 16 chapter sixteen and and, and just park there for a moment you know um, um, my, my intentions church my intentions in preaching this text is for the purpose, uh, and and the purpose is to revive God's people. That's really my intentions. Um, uh, And particularly this congregation. And and, and if we have our sisters' congregation, this is good for everybody. It really is. Wherever you may be, wherever you may worship, it's good for anybody. You know why, brethren? Because we all stand in need of revival. We do. Um, uh, We should never be comfortable where we're at. Never, especially when it comes to the Lord's church. Uh, Our agenda, and should be your agenda also as a congregation, ought to be more than just having church next Sunday. It ought to be more than that. It really ought to. So the topic, as I know we call it, the gospel meeting, but really my focus on the topic is really revival. It really is. And and with that said, I, I have to preach the topic from a text. And so what we've done is we've selected a text. And the text is what we're going to preach. uh, And we're going to preach from that text, brethren. And it's found, uh, and we're going to preach that text in its context. That's what's so important about this. See, church, as a a gospel preacher, is I cannot preach opinion. I must preach the gospel. And, brethren, and, 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 and the thing about preaching the gospel is it's kind of like shooting a shotgun in a rabbit hole. When you shoot it, the buckshot flies where they may. Amen. Y'all country folk, y'all know something about that, don't you? Yeah, amen. So the only authority that I have to preach is the word of God. That's the only authority I have. It's It's not about Donald, it's not about Brother Chad, it's not about any of us. It's about the word of God. So let's look at this parable and I want to read the verses 8 in, through verses 9 in Luke 16, because that's where we will be, will be a lot of our focus tonight. Luke chapter 16, beginning in the verses 8. The Bible says, so the master commended the unjust steward. Now, let me just stop right there, brother, because that sounds strange that Jesus... Would commend an unjust steward. Look at why he does it. Because he had dealt shrewdly... ...for the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation... ...than the sons of light. Now, brethren, that's a sad commentary. It really is. The children of this world are wiser, the King James says... The New King James says shrewder, but the children of the world is wiser than their generation, than the children of light. The children of this world are better at promoting their agenda than we are promoting God's agenda. That's what Jesus says. And then brethren, if that's not bad enough, Verse 9 is even worse. Verse 9 seems like it ought not even be in the Bible. Because the Bible says in verse 9, Jesus says, And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Now, y'all remember from yesterday what mammon is. Mammon is money. Money. Mammon is riches. Mammon is financial resources. So Jesus says, Make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon. Brethren, I grew up and I was raised up, in, and I'm sure many of you were too. And my parents used to tell me, Is that you can't buy friends? Now, if you have to buy friends, church, when you run out of money, hello. You'll find out who your friends really are. Amen, right? Amen. Amen. It's, it's, it's when you're down in the valley, church, that you find out who your friends are. That's how this thing works. Now, now, as we look at this, brethren, Jesus says in verse 9, he says this. And I'll say to you, make friends for yourself by unrighteous mammon, that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. So our everlasting home, church, the place where we will spend eternity, according to this verse, has something to do with how we use our financial resources. Now, let's go back to verse 1, all right? Let's go back to verse 1, and let's read verse 1 through 3. He also said to his disciples, There was a rich man who had a steward, and an accusation was brought to him that this man was wasting his goods. So he called him in and said to him, What is this I hear about you? Give an account of your stewardship, for you can no longer be steward. Then the steward said within himself, What shall I do? For my master has taken the stewardship away from me. I cannot dig. I'm ashamed to beg. What he is saying, church, is he's saying is, I can't work a construction job. Uh, I can't dig. Uh, He's considering his options here. He says, I'm ashamed to beg. Uh, I've been living on top of the hill. See, church, it's hard to go down the hill when you've been living on top of the hill. Am I right? Uh, So verse 4, the light comes on. Verse 4 he says this, I have resolved what to do that when I am put out of the stewardship, they may receive me in their houses. No, I told you to underline their houses yesterday. So he called every one of his master's debtors to him. And said to the first, how much do you owe my master? And he said, a hundred measures of oil. So he said to him, take your bill and sit down quickly and write fifty. Then he said to another, how much do you owe? He, so he said, a hundred measures of wheat. And he said to him, take your bill and write eighty. So the master commended the unjust steward because he dealt shrewdly for the sons of this world are more shrewd in their generation than the sons of light. And I say to you, make friends for yourselves by unrighteous mammon that when you fail, they may receive you into an everlasting home. Let me put this in its context. When Luke wrote this, it was not written in chapters and verses, all right? The, um, so the context of this parable starts in Luke chapter 15. Now, I'm not going to finish this tonight because uh, we're going to be preaching this over the next two or three days, over the next two days here. Brethren, it is a story. And you know how stories are done? You get an episode today... And we get another episode next week. And then we get the third episode following the week later. And if you miss an episode, you get the CD. Am I right? That's how you do it. Isn't that what you all do with your DVRs? Don't you? Amen, brethren. So there are four points. There's four points. There's so much we want to look at as we study this parable. And, and I'm going to give you the picture, and we dealt some with that yesterday. But just to review and catch everybody up for where we're going to deal with tonight, there are four points I want you to see. We're going to look at the picture briefly tonight because we dealt with that last night. Secondly, we're going to look at the problem. And then you will see the problem in the picture. Then we'll look at the plan. Brethren, the plan is to solve the problem that we'll see in the picture. We have to spend some time, church, on the plan because it's in the plan that we'll see Jesus. All right? Uh, so So you better have a plan, and your plan has to depend on Jesus. That's why Jesus is telling the story. Now, and finally, when all that's done, we'll see the point. So, tonight we're going to be dealing with the picture. This is, church, this is a great sermon being preached by Jesus. And the reason that Jesus is preaching what he's preaching is because of a problem that came up in Luke chapter 15, in the verse 1. You remember that? Here's the problem. Here's the problem. There are two groups of people, if you all recall. There were the scribes and the Pharisees, and there was the publicans and the sinners. And the issue is here, brethren, what Jesus is dealing with, is every time Jesus comes to town to preach, the folk that fills up the place where Jesus is preaching are the publicans and the sinners, now, the scribes in the Pharisees' search, they have, they have a problem with this. So, they're asking themselves, what kind of rabbi, what kind of preacher has time for all of these bad folks? Amen. What kind of preacher spends his time with these publicans and sinners? And the Pharisees and the scribes, church, are saying to within themselves, this man receives sinners and he eats with them. But I'm so glad, brethren, that you ought to be glad that Jesus had time for sinners. I'm so glad, church. Look at can y'all see him? Look, look at this, brother. can y'all hear them? can y'all hear them public and sinners? Can you hear? Look, look, look at him. Look at him over there. With them bad folks. Mm-hmm. What kind of preacher is he? Y'all know how we do. Amen? Amen. Yeah. yeah y'all, y'all, know? Hey, hey, come here, come here. Birds of a feather. Yeah. Yeah. All flock together. Y'all know how folk talk, brethren. Ain't that the preacher over there in the bad neighborhood? In that Chad? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all see this, brethren? Jesus knows that these religious elite are having a problem with what he's doing. He knows that, church. So what would you expect for Jesus to do? You already know what he's going to do. He's going to tell a story. That's what he does. So he tells a parable. So point number one, brother tonight, he tells the story of a lost sheep. So he says, "You know what's going on with you, scribes and you Pharisees? Your problem is this. You were supposed to be the leaders of Israel. You're complaining about uh, spending time with these bad folks." And the real issue is there wouldn't be so many publicans and sinners if you leaders did what you were supposed to do. Amen. Listen to me, church. Jesus challenged the status quo of the scribes and the Pharisees. The scribes and the Pharisees represented the status quo. Sometimes, brethren, we as leaders have to be challenged in order for change to take place. That's right. Because, brethren, because in the Lord's church, brethren, because relationships are so fragile... We are so afraid to challenge one another. That's right. But now I'm going to be saying some stuff tonight. You know what? I'm going to say it and Thursday morning my wife not going to go home. That's right. As a leader, you can expect criticism. You all hear me, Leaders. Jesus challenged these so-called leaders to take a look at their ministry. I want you to look at something. I want you to turn your Bibles to Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 34. Turn your Bibles to Ezekiel chapter 34, brethren. And watch, watch, watch what the Bible says. Uh, this, is, this, is, this, this is revival time, brethren. And, and, and it must start first start with the leaders. Leaders, the body is just as strong as the head. Here we are. Ezekiel chapter 34. Watch this. Beginning in verses 1. And the word of the Lord came to me saying, Son of man, prophecy against the shepherds of Israel prophesy and say and prophesy and say to them thus says the Lord God to the shepherds woe to the shepherds of Israel who feed themselves should not the shepherds feed the flocks you eat the fat and clothe yourselves with the wool you slaughter the fatlings, but you do not feed the flock Verse 4 The weak you have not strengthened, nor have you healed those who were sick, nor bound up the broken, nor brought, nor brought back what was driven away, nor sought what was lost, but with force and cruelty you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd, and they became food for all the beasts of the fields when they were scattered. My sheep wandered through all the mountains and on every high hill. Yes, my flock was scattered over the whole face of the earth. And no one was seeking or searching for them. So church, it makes sense then that Jesus says, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them... Does not, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after the one which was lost until he finds it. Watch him. Go back to Luke chapter 15. Watch verse 7. Luke 15 verse 7. He says this, I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 and just persons who have no repentance. You don't see, brethren. Brethren, we will, you will be a better church. You will be a better congregation when you think about revival. When you get concerned about the sheep, there's no such thing as acceptable losses. There aren't. And in many of our congregations, brethren, we are losing as many as we are bringing in. And brethren, that ought not be. We cannot be happy about maintaining the house. We can. So, so Jesus says this, for the children of the world are more wiser in their generation than the children of light. Let me say this to the leadership. And brethren, the leaders, you ought not only know how many sheep you have, you ought to know who they are. And you ought to know when they are not here. And if if, if one strays away, Brother Chad and I were just sharing it with some other folk, is that sheep will stray. And what sheep would do, brethren, is they would stray, and by the time they look up, they realize they are away from the fold. So, what's your challenge, leaders? Your challenge is to lead the 90 and 9 and go after that one. Your challenge is, and you may not get that one back with a nice little card, you may not get that one back with a nice little phone call. You may have to go in yonder hills, and and you might have to go through some sacrifice, some time, and some effort. And you have to go to that one, and you have to say, look here, where have you been? We love you. Don't get to beating them up because they messed up. They already know they messed up. That's why they don't want to come back. But you get them and you may have to put them on your shoulder and bring them back. And here's for the rest of the congregation. When those people get back, you know what you ought to be doing. You ought to be rejoicing. Them folk come back, y'all ought to just flock to them and hug them and say, Whoa, where you been? We've been looking for you. We're so glad you're back. Glory, hallelujah. They ought to feel like they are family. That's the lost sheep. This shepherd knew when one sheep left the fold. Somebody needs to get concerned. So Jesus' first point was the lost sheep. Everybody got the first point? That's just review. Here's the second point. Jesus says, some sinners are like a lost coin, lost right in the house. Look at it. Verse 8. Or what woman, having ten silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp? Sweep the house and search carefully until she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peace which I lost. Verse 10. Likewise, I say to you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Brethren, we have have at our congregations too many members that are inactive in service. Amen. The corn is valuable, but the value does not benefit the house owner. Brethren, this is for everybody sitting on the sidelines. See, you're not involved in anything. All you're doing is just coming to worship. Amen. That's right, brethren. So, no ministry involvement. What kind of revival you all would have if everybody that came out, brethren, got involved in ministry? The corn is valuable. Let me let me let me do it like this so, so you can better understand it. Who's the richest person in here tonight? <laughs> I say, all y'all ain't poe. <laughs> Who got some money? Brother Chad, you got some money. How much? Give me, give me some money, Brother Chad. Twenty? Twenty dollars. I need some gas. Okay? Let me get up here. Y'all may not can see me down here. I need some gas. I've got $20. My tank is about empty. And I go to the gas station to pump some gas. I go to the Shell station to pump some gas. And I pull up, brethren, to the gas pump. I can't find my $20. Where in the world is my, I I can't find it. I know it's there. Even though I know it's there, it has no benefit. Y'all see that? I know, I know, brethren, I can't find the money so I can't get any gas. Brethren, we have so many things in our congregation. We need teachers. We need evangelism workers. We need folk to stand up and be counted. But you may come up here on Sunday mornings and every time you pull up to the church, you pull up to the pump, brethren, to put fuel in it, we can't find you. I know I'm supposed to be in Luke chapter 16. But we need to appreciate the fact, brethren, that God expects for you to grow. That's right. See, brethren, and you ought to grow beyond hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. I know the response to the plan of salvation, brethren, but sometimes we ought to talk about ministry. That's right. Look over at the book of Ephesians. Go to Ephesians chapter 4. We're still, dealing with this, we're still dealing with the story. Look at Ephesians chapter 4. And look at the verse 7. Paul writes to the church at Ephesus, But to each one of us grace was given According to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Brethren, this is the imagery of a conquering king. When his his king is gone out and he has conquered. And what they would do is they would take the spoils and they would, they would uh, bring them to the land and they would distribute it to the subjects. Now, brethren, Jesus is the conquering king and he has all kinds of gifts. And the Holy Spirit gives those gifts, but based on what he wants you to do. Brethren, you don't choose the gift. Amen. That's why you cannot brag about the gift. And if the gift was given to you to benefit the church, amen. Watch him. Verse 9. Now this he ascended. What does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended... Is also the one who ascended for above all the heavens that he may feel all things. Verse eleven. And he and he and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. Now, church, what he gave to the church was leadership. Amen. And any church, brethren, that does not see leadership as a gift from God is in trouble. Amen. That's why you don't fight leadership, church, because it was given by God. Now, the purpose of the leadership, why did he give leadership, preacher? He didn't give leadership so that all the work can be done by the leaders, he did not do that, brethren. So I had to learn this. Brethren, I learned this. I believe in I believe the the secular world has a better lock on teaching leadership than the church does. I'll tell you, brethren, I learned so much in my secular work. And as a leader, than I did anywhere. And brethren, as a leader, what I learned in my secular job was as a leader, I ought to be able to get folk to do the work. If I can't get folk to do the work, all I have is a position because leadership ought to be about influence. Amen. Brethren, truth is transferable. It's the same way in the church. So the purpose of leadership verse 12 and, and I like the NIV translation better it says to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up brethren the divine prescription for church growth is for those of us who are in the church to do the work but we can't do the work brethren unless the leaders train and prepare the people to do the work y'all see it? See brother when the leaders get you trained to do the work the church will grow. Fountainhead Church of Christ. Shepherds. Your job is to prepare the saints for ministry. Brother Chad's role my role and the elders' role is to prepare God's people in order for the church may be built up. But you know what, brethren? The church can't be built up if you are not here. You're like me pulling up to a gas station and I can't find my money. That's right. Y'all are looking at me funny. Jesus wrote this. I, I'm just preaching it. Brethren. If the church is not being built up, it's because you are not working. And we need to encourage people to work so that when folk come back, they have value, brethren. They have to help them. You've got to help them to see that they have value, church. Now, let me ask you all this. How many of you all would like to have this $20 bill? Me, y'all like to have it. Are y'all that well off? <laughs> Give it. Thank you, brother James. You, 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 and me. How many want it? Still want it? I mean, want it? You know why you want it? Because it still has value. Messed up life, oh, crushed, stepped on, downtrodden, still have value. But you see, how we have to see. Brother Chad, (laughs) I hope you got some tape (laughs) torn, broke. That's how we come into the church broken trials didn't always get it right messed up when i come in here i know i'm messed up i know i know i've got problems you know what i need from you leaders you know what i need from you brothers and sisters in christ you know what i need from you i need you to be some scotch tape because I still have value. That's what Jesus is trying to teach. But yet I get this back to you. (laughs) That's what Jesus was trying to teach these scribes and Pharisees. That's how what he's trying to teach those to understand is that You may go through some stuff in life, but come back home, beaten up. The world does not care anything about you. They don't care anything about you saying you're a child of God. Peter says, those who should live godly in this life shall suffer persecution. Let me tell you something. If you're not suffering persecution, you better check your walk. Because if you aren't, you're compromising somewhere. Messed up, come on back. Heavy laden, come on back. Brother Chad and Brother Matt and I had the opportunity to talk to some members of this congregation and some that Brother Chad and Brother Matt is really trying to minister to that are heavy laden right now. Heavy laden. But they need to know that you care, and I'm getting ready to get through because this is the end of the episode. You got to come back tomorrow night to get the next episode. Because the third point, brethren, is the lost boy, and the fourth point is the unjust steward, and the fifth point point is the rich man and Lazarus. It's all the same sermon. Tonight, somebody may be in here broken. See, if you, don't, if you don't see yourself, church, if we don't see sinners the way Jesus sees sinners, you would never be the kind of congregation that God hopes for you to be. And I'm going to tell you now, you've got a preacher on fire. This brother's on fire but he needs some help. You all have a great group of elders. But the elders need you. And elders, I tell you guys, this is you got to prepare. You've got to prepare the saints for ministry. You that's your job. You can't do all the work. You've got to prepare the people to do the work. Brothers and sisters in Christ, they cannot prepare you if you're not here. If you show up to the few, if you show up to the gas tank and they can't find you, you cannot expect for this congregation to be what God wants it to be. It's revival time. All of you all sitting on the sideline, it's no good. We got enough folks sitting on the sidelines. We got enough spectators. But brethren, serving God is not a spectator sport. It's a participator. Every single one of you all have a gift. And shepherds, it may be your job to find that gift. It may be your job to come up to this young man and say, you know what, I've seen what you've been doing. I've seen how you've been walking. I've seen what you're doing. And you know what, you do do a great job in that. And you know what, we need you. We need you. We need you. And you may not know how to do it right. That's what we want to do. We want to teach you. Shepherds, you may, have to, you may have to get some classes uh, started. You may, have to, you may have to do some stuff your, yourself, and, and you learn how to do it, and then you teach them how to do it. You have to be in the reproduction stage. If you don't, when you die and the Lord calls you home, you know what you're going to have? Nothing. That's the lost corn. Sometimes church, we just have to say, "Lord, here am I. Use me." I don't know, God, what I can do, but Lord, I'm available. Make yourself available. Use me, Lord. I promise you. Church, God will not use you until you first start doing and being what you always know what to do, already know what to do, and what to be. Start doing that. And shepherds, you're going to have to challenge the status quo. Don't be comfortable with where you're at. You've got a a minister on fire. And let me tell y'all something. Brother Chad has not talked to me. I'm just preaching the text. He loves you all. I'm telling you, shepherds, he, he, I mean, he, he protects you guys. When I was trying to get some dirt on y'all, he wouldn't tell me. That's how much he loves you. And that's how much he loves the church. He needs some help. And, 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 and Fountainhead, I promise you, if you would do your part, God would do his part. You can pack this building. I promise you. And you got to set yourself some goals because you ought to be able to tear these walls out and build an, a, an, a, an auditorium, a sanctuary that could hold everybody. But don't get complacent. Stay tuned. End of episode. If you're here tonight, maybe you need some prayers. And, brother, maybe this doesn't lend itself here to hear, believe, repent, confess, and be baptized. But what it does lend itself to is we serve a king, an awesome king that went to the cross and died for us on the cruel cross of Calvary. He paid the price. He is our Savior. He is our advocate with the Father. And Jesus says, no man comes to the Father except that they come by him. There's no way, brethren, there's no way you can get to heaven unless you come by Jesus. There's no way. And brethren, but when you, when you surrender your life to Jesus and you recognize that faith coming by hearing, hearing by the word of God, you recognize that you are a sinner. You are separated. And God says, I want to tear down, and he did tear down that wall of partition, that separation. But you, but you know what it costs? It costs him his life. Why, preacher? Because he loved us so much. When we were yet still sinners, he died for me. Brother Chet, I appreciate you reciting the 23rd division of Psalm, and you made it personal. The Lord leadeth me. He watches over me. And it is personal, brethren, it is personal. And you have to see it in the personal light. You have to say, Jesus died for me. And I messed up, but he did it, and now I believe it, and I'm willing to confess. I'm willing to, I'm willing to repent of my sins because I recognize that the wages of sin is death. I know that. I know I will die outside of Christ unless I surrender my life to him come to him with a heart full of repentance, willing to be buried in the watery grave of baptism because that's where I come in contact with the blood of Jesus. I share with brother, we, was, we, were, we, we were ministering to, to a heavy laden, to a mourning uh, a young lady who lost a loved one, lost a baby, brethren. And what I share with them, I said that here's brother Chad and here's brother Matt and here are myself is. I said, you know what Jesus sees when he looks at us? He doesn't see Donald. He doesn't see Matt. He doesn't see Chad. You know what he sees? He sees the blood of Christ. His blood covers us. Y'all see this stuff? Brethren, that's the glory hallelujah part. He doesn't see Donald's sins. I sin, yeah, but I don't like my sins. And he's just and favor to forgive me if I confess my sins. Brother, that's what he does. So he, when he looks down and when he looks at us, he sees his son's blood. That's what the baptism represents. And we're raised up to walk in the newness of life. And God writes our name in the book of life. And the Lamb's book of life, he writes our name. And brethren, I can lay my head down on my pillow at night and know that if the Lord calls me home, if I'm faithful unto death, see the faithful piece? Be thy faithful unto death. The faithful piece means, church, is that I want to serve. I don't want to be that corn lost in a house. I want to serve him. I'm not saying, brethren, that works will save us, but faith without works is dead. You're going to know my faith by my works. But if you are a child of God, church, You've been sitting on the sideline. It's time. It's time to go to work. End of episode. Brother Tim, come on up. If you're here and there's something we can have for you with, won't you come as we sing the song?